Welcome, loony listeners, new and old, to an all-new, just about the same, episode of Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. A lovely podcast with your friends Connor and Ray, all about the fabulous and murderous here on Moon Knight. I'm one of your hosts, Connor. And uh, I'm your other host, Ray. And uh, tonight, in issue or episode 46, we're looking at just the one comic, a classic run, which is Marvel 2-in-1, number 52. It's uh, a little a night music. So sit back, grab your issue out, relax, and get your conchu on. Yes, thank you for joining us in uh, what is sadly coming more bi-weekly appearances from me. I've now get myself back on track to be uh, with you all the time. But yeah, I am here for another hopefully fabulous episode of this podcast. Mm. Um, got a got a classic review with with the thing. Kind of like the thing. I'll go into that a bit more, but <laughs> thing. We're here for Moon Knight, of course, because we love him. But actually, we're also here because we're good friends. So Ray. How you bloody been lately? Oh, been been yeah, been pretty good, Connor. Uh, it's been good. Yeah, it's always great to to come back together and um and chat all things Mooney and and all things Marvel, I guess. Um, yeah, things have been things have been okay. Um, just uh, we we have a long weekend here for uh, any non-Australian loonies. So um, Connor and myself on the Monday we've got the day off as well. We are recording on a Saturday night. So that's always good to have uh, an extra long weekend, and yeah, just got some friends lined up to to come around for a barbecue, stuff like that. Um, uh, how about yourself, Connor? What have you been up to? Yeah, not much. Uh, finally, setting back, settling back into the rhythm of things, but uh, mm-hmm. I've got a slowly amassing massive pile of like <laughs> hundred issues the past couple of weeks. I got to catch up on, so oh, that's pretty good. You haven't been you haven't been reading your your weeklies or yeah it's been a it's been a pretty busy time I've only been managing a, a few issues a week but I'm finally back on track on it and by celebrating I'm reading classic runs on Marvel Unlimited so you know oh great it, it's probably more my own fault than anything but oh look you know I play the somber somber song for myself <laughs> uh, no it's great I mean classic runs are always always good and it's exactly what we're going to be looking at tonight as well. Um, that always gives a bit of a flavour and, and, you know, we find the decades are, are distinctly different. So, you know, maybe one night you're, you're keen on, um, you know, reading an 80s comic. The other night you might be well into the 90s. Um, yeah, so there's just so much variety out there, not only with titles, but in the way things were drawn and written back in the day. Uh, yeah, always a bit of fun. I um, This coming week have been a slightly interrupted with a bit of... Um, with a bit of the sports, Connor. So there was the State of Origin, which occurred, um, and for non uh, again Australian loonies, the State of Origin is a um, a tussle of rugby league between two states, New South Wales, where I'm from, and Queensland, where Connor's from, and it's one of the nation's greatest rivalries, I think. Uh, but it was a it was a cracker. I don't know if you caught that, Connor. Did you? Did you uh, the highlights the night after, but uh, yeah, just goes to show the sometimes the newbies <laughs> yes. be the old guns with the uh, New yeah. South Wales showing they're pretty good at recruiting some new players. Yeah, it was a bit of um, a changing of the guard, I think, for both teams. And uh, and you know, let's face it, the only way that we can beat Queensland was to wait for the um, 
the legends that Queensland had to retire. So it only the took best in the business. The, well, look, I have to say, hats off. Um, they are the best, and they are immortals in my eyes. And uh, it had to. We had to wait twelve years before they actually retired. <laughs> before we actually have a, a chance now to win. So, um, yep, the New South Welshman, uh, the Welshman side, they uh, they won. So, I was a pretty happy chappy on Wednesday night. Um, also, uh, again, look, sorry, kind of a little bit of a little sporty stuff. Uh, FIFA World Cup is coming just around the corner. Uh, I'm not sure if you get excited for that. I um I kind of do every four years. It's um it's a really great world event. Um, do you do you watch it at all? Uh, no, I sadly um, usually don't get the chance. It plays at like yeah. three a.m. or something. True. Sometimes when I'm over here, so oh yeah, I like to. It's pretty fun, but yeah. Oh well, you may have it ahead of you, Connor. Um, I remember many a times uh, when it was held. I guess in Europe, uh, heading off to the pub at, at like uh, one o'clock in the morning. Over here because of the time difference, and the pubs would be packed, you know, with with soccer fans, football fans, and it was just like um, it was to me. It was similar to like New Year's Eve. It was such a nice, um, nice vibe uh, because you know they all come out of the woodworks. Um, these um, fans, and of course, a lot of people in Australia have different backgrounds, so you get a lot of. Um, I was living in a Portuguese quarter. Um, uh, a few World Cups back, where it was heavily populated by, I guess, Portuguese um, uh, immigrants or people with Portuguese backgrounds, and uh, yeah, it was just really fun. Um, down the road was our, a little Italy, which was Leichhardt. Uh so you have the uh, Italian supporters there. It's, it's a really fun vibe. So I think this year it's in Russia. Um, so I think for us the time difference isn't too bad this time round. I think it might be, oh, it might be I think seven or eight hours. But that you know that's better than fourteen. So, yeah. <laughs> like the Infinity War of a uh, sports. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It is. It's a, a massive event. So, looking forward to that. Hi, this is Phil Parrish from the Caves and Lunatics podcast, a proud member of the collective, and you're listening to Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. Anyway, enough about the sports. Um, one of the other big things that's come up, and we were just talking about it then, Connor, was uh, the premiere of Cloak and Dagger on Freeform uh, and on various different uh, networks or providers, depending where you're where you're from. Um, I was pleasantly surprised by this double uh, episode uh, opener. Um, and you haven't caught it yet, Connor? No, no. Um, sadly, uh well, it hasn't dropped for us in Australia, so I'm trying to find um, some method of getting it to myself, but I'm very keen. I um, love Cloak and Dagger growing up. They're always kind of those heroes. Yeah. I never really had enough of to read, but I always always love them, so it's pretty cool finally getting them to have their day. Big mm. Spidey Boy growing up, and they're, they're pretty interlinked, but by, well, all, by, all, um, by all sounds, a success. Yeah, yeah. Well, expecting. I was about to say though, but you picked up the um the digital comic though. There's one that was released this week as well, wasn't there? Oh yeah, by um one of my all time favorite uh, writers of the new new decade, uh, Dennis mm. Hopeless. Yeah, wrote some. No, was it good? Started writing great. It was fantastic. I'm not sure if you ever knew with Hopeless, but one of those yes oh. writers that I happily have on Moon Knight. He just understands the character understands their powers, understands, yeah. you know, what makes them true and what direction they can go in while feeling true to the character. He did a fantastic Avengers Arena run and the 
Spider Woman run, both of those, you know, yep. top ten runs. Oh, ab- absolutely. I was about to say, um, I was about to reference Spider Woman. That's where I loved Hopeless's writing. Uh, that was just a brilliant run, I thought, and I'm hoping that Spider Woman comes back with her own title. Uh, also, he did a, a little, a very short stint between Jason Aaron and Donny Cates with Doctor Strange as well, and I thought he handled Doctor Strange really well. Um, so yeah, I've got I've got all confidence that he will um, handle Cloak and Dagger really well in the comics, and I might just have to pick that up. Connor, is there was there anything um, significant that happened in in the issue uh, without I guess any spoilers? But uh, yeah, um, it's a it's a it's a it's a pretty big shift in um, dynamics. So okay. it actually starts with uh, Cloak and Dagger um, apart. Mm-hmm. There seems to be some. Uh, you know, some big reasons from that, some uh, oh, okay. moral grounds being being stepped on, stepping yeah. over the line, some pretty grisly murders happening in the town. Oh, wow. It's, awesome. it's a comicsology exclusive uh, for the moment. Um, these yeah. things do eventually come out in physical trades. Yes. If you wait, uh, probably end of the year we'll probably get it physically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a good time. Yeah, it's one of those ones where you kind of think, yeah, should you wait or not, or you know, just jump right in and get it. It's um, I, I'm assuming it won't have much impact to the greater Marvel universe, so it's p- potentially it can you can sit on it and wait for it. But um, as Connor said, if you're a fan of Dennis Hopeless, uh, it's probably something that you should be checking out right now. And what you mentioned actually rings um very similar to the TV show. And look, without giving any spoilers away, because it is still fairly new. Um, and in, you know, truth be told, I I managed to um, obtain <coughs> a uh, a version of, of episodes one and two, um, although it hasn't officially released in Australia. Um, you know, we can put that down to uh, I don't know some cloak and dagger, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, whereabouts. But um, all I can say is that I, I think it's um, I think it's really solid start, and um, similar to kind of, I don't think it is a spoiler in saying that um, I I like the way that they treat Cloak and Dagger in the series. It's still very early days, um, but they're essentially two separate storylines that go through, uh, and you know they they kind of cross paths every now and again, which is which is cool, but. Um, yeah, really, really nice storytelling. I think um, great performances. Aubrey, Aubrey Joseph and Olivia Holt. Um, I particularly liked uh, Olivia Holt's performance. Uh, she had a bit more um, range to to show off in in her role, so that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, definitely worth checking out and looking forward to the episodes to come. So uh, yeah, Cloak and Dagger. I think I put in a spoiler thread as well, uh, just because I got so excited for the, for the show. Uh, it's posted up on our Facebook group um, for for Moon Knight. But hey, also Connor, there's a chance that well, maybe we might get a reference to Moon Knight. I mean, they're you know they're street level as well. Yeah, there's always a chance. I suppose um, oh, it's kind of adding a bit of a, a bit of news. I guess you could say one of our uh, sort of news topics is that a uh, cloak and dagger fan demand caused uh, the production at Marvel just showing that uh, you know fans sometimes really can get their way just by mm. really showing the interest, showing the love, and I think it does it does show um, hope for Moon Knight, but I also think cloak and dagger is a really interesting one to look at, mm. like just for the future of. Um, Marvel TV shows because I mean I'm not it's not like 
you know, teenage focused drama shows or, you know, I guess mm. the YA TV show with these two characters is some like impossibly niche no, uh, no. Yeah, uh, genre, but you know, it's still something that's pretty different than we've gotten from the Netflix and uh, Agents of and Peggy Carter. Like just really, they're, they're really stepping out. And I mean, we've still got some other things in the, in the works, like possibly the freeform new warriors, but it just shows that yeah. with them branding out, there's so many new things that can happen and, so many new horizons that uh, it's really hard to label anything out, even if we shouldn't be clambering over it like every every uh, CBR headline they like to put <laughs> yeah. in. But yeah, you know, yeah, it's, it, it's pretty exciting times. And I think, regardless, I think Marvel ahead of themselves are just putting out stronger and stronger seasons and shows. Oh, for sure. And I think um, there are a couple of a couple of good points to come out of that from what you say, Connor. I think number one. Um, you can flip it around and say, you know, it's great that um, this fan demand uh, seems to have uh, caused production of, of Cloak and Dagger, which is which is a great thing that, um, you know, how true that is, we don't know. It could be a, a matter of convenience and <laughs> for, you know, um, it takes a lot a lot more to obviously get things off the ground rather than fan demand. But it is good to hear from Marvel that they acknowledge the fans. Um, but what the encouraging thing is from that is... Is that um, is that Marvel are acknowledging fans? I think you know whether or not this is true, um, but the fact that they are saying, "Yep, yeah, um, <clears throat> we listen to the fans," and it just goes to show how responsive Marvel are to their fan base, and that's a very important thing because uh, you know the fans are what make things, I guess, successful. You know, um, so that was that's a really really good thing. The the second thing um, was as what you touched upon, Connor, about. I guess the sheer diversity and the um, the ballsiness of Marvel to try different things. Like I think I mentioned in the spoiler thread, and again I'm not spoiling anything, but I think I mentioned to one of the loonies, like you know, don't don't hold your breath for Cloak and Dagger, you know, for for action scenes or what have you. It's essentially a drama, but but it isn't a you know, it isn't a I don't know a Dawson's Creek or something like that. It, it, <laughs> it's not so kind of. Um, you know, pigeonholed that you can call it, you know, a, a young adult or a, a teenage drama. It's a pretty solid drama. And, and there are a lot of things to it that actually would appeal for, for all demographics, you know. Uh, maybe not for the very young. I mean, because there are some um, there are some adult themes in there. Uh, so I guess what I'm getting at and what you're saying, Connor, about the new Warriors is that Marvel are happy to try different things. And the same way that they're doing that with the movies, trying different genres, they're just applying that to the TV show. So this is nothing like your Netflix I would say it's nothing like your Agents of Shield. Uh, it's nothing like uh, Agent Carter. It's probably something along the lines of of uh, the Runaways. Um, but yeah, then again, I mean, I'm looking at those two, and and uh, I see differences as well. Uh, I much actually prefer uh, with only these two episodes, Cloak and Dagger over the Runaways. I um, I felt the Runaways kind of lost a bit of steam towards the end. And and having said that, I haven't even watched the last two episodes uh have you caught any of that connor or the runaways no no i am i am pretty behind on yeah. uh, tv shows but <clears throat> I, I, i'm pretty keen from it you know there are some it is good interesting things i think it yeah. uh it, se- it seems to do so i think when mm-hmm. that one drops on dvd that'll be a pretty fun binge for me oh it, don't get me wrong it, it is good it, it's uh it's just that you know i guess we are saturated with stuff um so it's hard to 
it's hard to stick out of the crowd, you know. Um, and the Runaways is solid, and it will appeal more to people um, if you're into that sort of thing. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm a lot more excited with with Cloak and Dagger. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, uh, just going on from Connor's uh, point of that first bit of news, we just got a, a very quick one as well, which has popped its uh, its head again. Connor, uh, this came out like a few months ago, I think, and oh righto, yeah, and I was surprised to hear that uh, again. The oh, hang on, maybe I got that wrong. It says the Daredevil showrunner wants a Marvel uh, a Moon Knight series on Netflix. Was that um? Was that what's a fellow's name? Uh, Stephen Denight. Was that Stephen Denight? I actually don't remember let, his let name. Have, um, let's see, let me have a look. Because if it's the, oh, it is, it is him. Yeah. Okay. I thought maybe potentially it was another Daredevil showrunner, like like um, Marco Ramirez. But no, Stephen S. Denight. Yeah. And and he said this a while ago as well. So. Uh, we're kind of re- retreading this, but uh, the the news that came out this week was yeah that uh, Stephen Esther Knight would want to make a Moon Knight series on Netflix. Uh, I, I'd say it, and I'd be I'd be confident that he would handle Moon Knight well. Uh, what are your thoughts, Connor? Oh uh, yeah, I think you know it's always it's always fun to hear nothing real, really substantial. But I um. Yeah. You know, it kind of brings an interesting question, too, of whether we want, you know, someone who's delivered a stronger season as Daredevil uh, season one, or do we want some fresh blood as well? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I'd, I'd, I think I'd like him possibly overseeing the project with a group of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, actually, just Connor, uh, totally not, sorry, not Moonlight related, but it is exciting. Very quick, Iron Fist coming out this year as well. Did you hear that? Oh, yeah, on the... Um... Uh, uh, oh. Reddit, was it? Um, yeah, the um, AMA with Jeff Loeb. Mm. How cool is that? Yeah. yeah. I think, <laughs> yeah, he, he spoke a lot about um, just possibly staying tuned in future, you know, the kind of uh, easy answer for whether Moon Knight's coming or not. But I think uh, <laughs> I think there are plenty of exciting things in the work to, to get worked up over. Mm. Yeah, they, I mean, uh, again, I think on, on our uh, Looney Bin or I think on the Facebook group, uh, before Moon Knight, there's definitely Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel. Uh, yes. I think they said the Eternals, and there was another Marvel property which seemed to come before. Before we'd even consider Moon Knight, so yeah, uh, he, he's got to get in line still. But hopefully, hopefully we'll see him soon. Uh, Connor, and the last bit of news you put in this—it's very exciting, actually. I'm pretty keen on this. Uh, yeah, this. Um, so we actually got a. Uh, Kind of a stealthy release. I didn't hear much hype about it, and then I mean, I saw it in the releases, mm-hmm. and it wasn't on the um ep the week of that, and now it's bam, it's in your face. Uh, <laughs> we saw a uh, um complete collection of Ed Brubaker's uh, Secret Avengers, which, if you don't know, hopefully you do, was a really cool um series, uh, 2010, mm-hmm. of like this uh kind of undercover group of Avengers that did these uh. You know the kind of uh, dirtiest, more secret ops missions, and Moon Knight became a part of that team. You know, one of the first teams he was a part of since Marvel Knights, possibly. Yeah, uh, and it was really great. We had Brew Bakers, I believe. Um, Warren Ellis uh, actually followed him after that. Oh, cool. Yeah, or possibly even another writer on top of that. But yeah, it was a pretty, pretty great era for um, Moon Knight before Ellis revived him in his own um, uh, twenty fourteen run. Um, but yeah, it was just—it's just super fantastic uh, spy stuff. Um, 
a lot of great ensemble. Moon Knight really, really does get to shine. It's incredibly well written. Rubeck is yeah. a master of the craft. Obviously, so was Warren Ellis. It's approved in his own Moon Knight series, but he wrote this uh, his own secret Avengers before that. So yeah, it's in a complete collection. Uh, we've attached in the show notes a really fantastic review by adventuresinportaste.com, which is a site I really like. So you know, we'll we'll get there eventually when it comes to reviewing it, and I am very keen for it. So yeah, in the meantime, there's a there's a pretty great review, and just just trust us. Check this one out if you haven't. Great spy stuff, great Mooney stuff. That's great. I'm not um, familiar, too familiar with the Secret Avengers run. Uh, I love Ed Brubaker's stuff, like on Cap and uh, and on the Image book, um, Kill or Be Killed. Oh, lovely. He is. Uh, he's. He is a great. I uh, really do love his um, writing. Even I think. I think he did. I think he did some Punisher. I might be getting mixed up with Remenda, but but Ed Brubaker is really good, and this is timely as well. The com- complete collection. Have you got a copy of the Secret Avengers at all, like in trade or, or anything? Oh no, I um discovered it via Marvel Unlimited all those years. Yeah, ago. I haven't picked up since, but this is, I mean, great opportunity. These yeah. complete collections and epic collections are so well priced for what they are. They are. Know. They're so good. These complete collections. Like, I mean. Because they've actually gotten me so much into the trades because, um, you know, I do like the odd trade here and there, but when they're about, like, four or five issues long, they're, you can, like, really burn through them quickly, you know what I mean? And um, and with these more substantial trades, like complete collections, when they're about your 450 pages, you know, or maybe just under 500, they are substantial reads. And, and not only that, you know, as a collector... You're, you're rest assured that you've got the whole kind of arc or series just encapsulated within, you know, where there is a small, whereas a smaller trade would like might be, you know, the first half of the arc or something. So, uh, yeah, complete collections and epic collections, I, I am a huge fan of. Um, yeah, so I will definitely be hunting this one out. And uh, and, and so you've read Secret Avengers, Connor, and it, it is um, it is up to Brubaker's standards. Oh, yeah. I, I can't believe you haven't read it. I'm, I know, I'm very yeah. keen to tackle this with you then because, yeah, it's just great, just phenomenal. I think um, anyone who's read it sings its praise. It is kind of like unknown, I guess, in the grand scheme of things. You know, mm. still very well liked and nothing. So it's kind of like, it's, it's kind of like, is it kind of like the X-Force of the Avengers? Yeah, totally. Yeah. The X-Force okay. of the uh, Avengers. Okay. And I, I can imagine Moon Knight would be in, you know, up to his knees with a whole lot of stuff that yeah i'll be, I'll be excited to is to to see moon knight in action among again also as well interacting with characters in the marvel universe because that's one of the things that mooney um i find you know is a pro and a con that he lacks um sometimes he's so well contained he could just literally be you know in a universe unto himself um so it'd be good to see him interact with others which is good yeah well um Okay, well, I mean, that's uh, a bit of the news that covered this week. Uh, Connor, why don't, we, um, why don't we head off over the moon? <gasps> yes, uh, so we are over the moon, and um, Connor and I, we, we just had a little discussion before the show... I know previous episode we did mention we would be tackling our classic and modern run. 
what we're going to try and do, and you know whether it succeeds or not, we're just going to try and um, shake up the format a little. You know, just see what kind of works. Um, we're always up for new things, keeping things fresh as well. And uh, as much as we loved, um, you know, the bare bones and getting guests to to narrate and write the bare bones and go through a classic and modern run, uh, we thought, why don't we just why don't we just try one, just the one comic. And uh, and mix up how we kind of review it. So uh, so this will be um, this will be uh, as we mentioned at the start of the show, Marvel Two in One issue fifty two, a little night music. Uh, and um, what we'll do is we'll basically I have no name for this first bit, Connor. <laughs> I, I, I called it uh, a silent night, but I don't think that's applicable <laughs> at all. But anyway, what we'll do is I'm going to actually throw it to you, Connor, because I thought <laughs> I might as well try and uh, uh, try and keep you on your toes. Um, we will, uh, Connor, will encapsulate the issue in less than three sentences. Less than three sentences, does it count if they're big sentences? <laughs> uh, you may add commas, but uh, <laughs> but it has to be in one breath. <laughs> um, uh, just the sentence, per sentence. Uh, yeah, so Connor will encapsulate the issue um, in, yep, no less than three, uh, well, less than three sentences or less. And uh, then we're just going to have at it. We're, we're going to have it the with, the with the comic and just talk about stuff that we found really cool or or what we found interesting, and obviously we'll try and keep it Moon Knight-centric. So, um, so Connor, uh, we haven't discussed this off-air before, but I'm throwing you under the bus, <laughs> and um, uh, I'm wondering if we can um, throw it to you for our um, our silent night. <laughs> um, yeah, how would you sum up... Oh, actually, sorry, why don't you give us first the credits of this uh, this issue, and then give us your summation. Yeah, so talk about meta. In June of 1979, writer Stephen Grant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it, was a, it, was, it, was a, it was a fairly decent name at the time. He wrote a lot of Punisher, mm. um, actually. I think he's where his big credits were there. Yep, Stephen Grant. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Moon Knight may just be real. Oh, well, I wonder. It's in the time we, before us. I think we asked this before as well, but I wonder if, um, if Doug Munch named... Stephen Grant from this this guy, Stephen Grant. Yeah, possible. That's an interesting question, actually. Mm, yeah. So, yeah, with uh, writer Stephen Grant, artist Jim Craig, and Pablo Marcus, uh, colours by Ben Sean, letterers Gaspard Saladino, great name, yeah. Rick Parker, and then editors, the, the uh, legendary Roger Stern and Jim Skelkrip. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, Connor, <laughs> um, with this issue 52... How could you best summarise what happened in this issue? All right. In two sentences. <laughs> uh, in the, an ex-CIA uh, intelligence decides to wipe the earth of uh, some evil bloody superheroes by first taking out Ben Grimm, but luckily Moon Knight's there to help team up with him, take down a bunch of bozos, that CIA effort himself from ever trying anything like this again. That's pretty good, actually. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a cute little one-shot, this one. So, yeah, kind of a yeah. bit easier to summarise, actually. Good one to start with. A good one. Yeah, nice, easy to ease into it. But that's a, that's a pretty uh, on-the-point on kind of summary. That's yeah, very good. Very cool. Um, yeah, so as Connor mentioned, it had... Uh, and and the, um, the villain reveal was Crossfire. Uh, is, he, uh, is he a person who's been around? 
know. He has. Oh, okay. Well, we'll get into that. I found it quite funny. He he seemed um, in this early iteration to be slightly different to how he's depicted these days. Uh, But uh, yeah, we'll we'll kind of get into that. Um, So I guess the first. Oh, look. The first thing I would say, which is pretty cool, was and what I found was how much Ben Grimm or the thing didn't really like Moon Knight. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, how towards the beginning, Moon Knight crashes in and the thing could not stop talking about how, oh, there's like an endless array of costume bozos, you know, trying to be superheroes in the city. What are they doing? And he was he was really annoyed with Moon Knight, I think, when Moon Knight came in to honourably try, um, try and help the thing because uh, in the opening act... Um, there's an old uh, older gentleman who has escaped some thugs and he tries to get Ben's help, but uh, Moon Knight tries to help as well. Uh, yeah, but I found that quite um, quite interesting. Uh, a bit of, um, how shall we say, a bit of elitism there, Connor, from the a Fantastic Four member, one of the original members, not wanting any other superheroes in the city. Yeah, so uh, something strange happened in the 70s and the 80s, which I still don't explain, despite what I'm going to say later that sounds contrary to this. But for some reason, the bloody thing was super popular, like massively mm. popular. Like, okay. out of all the Fantastic Four members, yeah. the thing was it. He, uh, so, you know, we've reviewed uh, issues of 2 and 1 before, long mm-hmm. before uh, issue 52, actually. But around this time, people loved the thing. He became the star of 2 and 1. It was the thing, another character. Right. A whole bunch of issues. So, you know, it's it, it's kind of... Fun and there's actually a, a few other parts of this. It's almost fun commentary on the season itself, like just how many uh, bozos uh, the thing constantly gets paired up with. So I mean, oh, I kind of, I kind of feel his pain. Moon Knight, it's uh, pretty new on the scene. Yeah, and I mean they love the thing. Like when um, two and one eventually got cancelled, I believe it was John, um, Brian, John Brian. Oh, John, John Byrne, John Byrne. Yes, I'm an idiot. Uh, you know, uh, big writer of name more and all that. Yes. Uh, he actually wrote a The Thing solo series. Because ah. The Thing was just so popular, he um continued on past two and one. Right. So, yeah, so Moon Knight's pretty new on the scene. Pretty cool to get him in this one. It was kind of at the height of its, uh, so, its reign, I guess. So you reckon um, The Thing being quite annoyed with Moon Knight was kind of almost like a... Uh, an in-joke about how the thing had been teamed up with so many people and he's kind of like, oh, yet another one. It could be like, a, it could well be an in-joke by Stephen Grant, the writer, saying, look, you know, we are teaming up the thing with all these characters and maybe the thing's noticing it. Um, possibly. I mean, that's what I, that's what I, um, I gather from what you're saying. And the thing is... Um, I can I can see the thing being quite popular back in the day. I think he's got a lot of the grassroots, you know, being from Yancey Street, being really kind of your, although he's super powered, he's really kind of a street level um, blue collar character, and maybe that appealed to a lot of the readers. I think. I mean, you've got Reed Richards, who's very highbrow, like you know, he's super intelligent. He has his uh, um, glamorous and uh, powerful wife in Sue Storm. And the Human Torch, you know, well, he's he's pretty cool as well. But um, the thing has always been the heart, I think, of, of the Fantastic Four, and maybe that's what's been his appeal. I don't know. Yeah, no, what I was about to say before about Contrary to the Belief, I believe you mentioned on this before how you kind of have a soft spot for the Hulk. Yeah. Big Hulk smash guy. I kind of have a soft spot for the thing, I realised. Oh, ah, nice one. Yeah. He's pretty fun. I think um, 
you know, he's got a, a new Marvel two-on-one series happening right now with Johnny Storm. Oh, I think okay. Great. Yeah. He was great in Infamous Iron Man. But yeah, he, he's pretty fun. Um, just how ridiculous his uh, writing was mm. kind of holds up regardless of when you're reading him and the John Byrne stuff. Uh, yeah. He's, he's writing and uh, when he took over Fantastic Four as well. Also ridiculous, but a pretty fun blast from the past. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, no the, I mean, the, this was quite an enjoyable issue, I thought. Um, and yeah. wasn't it though? It was like yeah. it, it almost didn't suffer from as many of the the over exposition or a lot of stuff that was happening at the time. It's just kind of a fun issue full of action and quips more than yeah anything more excessive than that. No, yeah, it kept on ticking along, and um, I guess it had more than enough for Moon Knight or Thing Thing fans out there. So. Um, yeah, no, pretty good. Uh, what what did you find interesting about this issue, Connor? I um I think Moon Knight really got a chance to shine this. You know, there's mm-hmm. you know Moon Knight got fairly well treated over the years, but I think this one more so in particular than his other Marvel two and one uh, matchups um, actually uh, is given a lot of agency and a lot of um, mm-hmm. individuality. Yep. Like we reviewed the Hulk magazine itself, which is a pretty fun um, like spy comic. Yeah, with Moon Knight, a lot of the earlier two and ones kind of have him as this costume creep, but here is, you know, he's 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 uh, he's quipping along like the original uh, Doug Munch stuff um, in the Hulk magazine. That was Munch, right? Uh, yes, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was quipping along like that. He's uh, Dank Lockley and Mark Spector get equal reign. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, he takes out plenty of thugs himself. Gives uh thing all run for his money and battle yeah. is a is a valuable asset um yeah. i think the way he's drawn here is really cool there's a lot of actually uh really fun use of shadows to yeah. give his uh costume the cool look and i gotta admit i'm a really big fan of the uh tape attached to the hands <laughs> I, I think that still looks cool so uh, yeah, really? yeah. This issue was this issue was kind of a a pretty cool win for moon knight i, I can see this actually winning a lot of newbies over to moon knight side if they're picking up two and one Oh, he, he certainly could handle himself, couldn't he? And he was, um, you know, he, he went, uh, he could fight alongside the thing. So uh, I can definitely see the appeal that he would have for people. Uh, uh, first time, you know, in, uh, seeing Moon Knight. Um, but yeah, there actually, and as you say, there's a lot more to him, I think, um, blossoming here from Stephen Grant's writing. So uh, again, we see... Moon Knight as the escape artist. Um, we saw that in one of the Defenders comics when he escapes, you know, that pit with a, the can of beer. Oh, the can of beer. Yeah, the can of beer. Over here, he's been tied up in chains, and wooshka, wooshka, he uh, manages to escape, uh, you know, while the thing has been kind of um, diverting um, or distracting Crossfire. So Moon Knight seems to be able to escape out of anything, uh, which sadly we don't see that ability, um, you know, used that much. But I do like the fact that, you know, he, he can always slip away. Um, also, he has a, what seems to be a bit of a, uh, a bit of a history with Crossfire in the CIA. So we're actually given a bit of a window into Moon Knight's past. Like, we know that he's been in countless things, right? You know, he's been in the CIA, he's been in the Navy SEALs or whatever, he's been a, a heavyweight boxer, he's been um, fighting in, you know, rebellions and stuff. So we, we get a sense of his CIA background. And he... Um, the thing that really interested me, at first, he recognised Crossfire straight away. He recognised his voice. So... 
he knew the guy. Um, I'm struggling to think his real name. He's, uh, his surname's Cross. Uh, he's a brother of uh, Darren Cross. And Connor, to answer your question, um, more recently now, he's been tied with Ant-Man, actually, more than anything, Crossfire. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, he's the brother of Darren Cross, who is uh, Yellow Jacket, or... Um, uh, in, in the movies and in the comics, he's, a, he's kind of like a big reddish pink Hulk, uh, Darren Cross. Uh, but his brother is uh, this gentleman, Crossfire. And um, yeah, anyway, uh, Moon Knight's CIA past is kind of fleshed out a bit. And uh, we see also that he's um, not susceptible to Crossfire's uh, brainwashing, which is pretty cool as well. So a lot of a lot of little things you can pick up on Moon Knight, which you necessarily haven't seen before or ha- haven't hasn't been explored before, which I find really cool. And also the fact that his his mask is still white. Like we don't get yet the black, you know, in the shadows face, hooded face. Um, so you were saying that you mentioned you enjoyed this costume, which is very classic. Um, but yeah, I I did like seeing his. Um, his masked face, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, and it, I think the CIA thing is particularly interesting here, sort of setting up a backstory that was sort of hinted at with um, Monch, but kind of got mm-hmm. uh, thrown away. But I think it was it was pretty nicely done here. I thought it added like mm. another interesting layer of mystery. I think especially since possibly at this point they already had a you know, June of 1979, possibly a new series lined up coming up Yeah, by Loach. So, you know, who knows? But, yeah, I think, you know, there's a lot of stuff that changed between now and that um first, uh, that first Moach issue. Yeah. And especially, especially the look. But, yeah, I think, I, I think there is still, despite the, um, it, it's kind of interesting because when it comes to the look, uh, it, it's more his torso mm. that becomes shadowed than the... Yeah. Than the mask actually. Yeah. There's a lot of slinking about with his uh, his face about. You could say. Yeah, and and I mean you're right as well. There is so much that changes come come 1980 when Munch gives Moon Knight his solo series because there's no mention of Egyptology at all. Um, not much at all here. This pretty much focuses on his government ties as a CIA member. Um, but yeah, it's uh so it would be interesting to see between now and 1980 um how Munch starts to incorporate other stuff into Moon Knight. I mean again, here he's pretty much a straight cut um Cape Crusader. Uh there's no mention again of his personalities. And interestingly enough Connor, I wanted to mention I was listening to um Epic Marvel podcast uh hosted by one of our fellow loonies Curtis Findlay. And uh, he manages to interview a lot of very famous um, past and present Marvel uh, creatives. And he interviewed Ralph Macchio, um, who is famous for editing, obviously, the Inception of Moon Knight and the Hulk magazine. And Ralph Macchio, I found it just interesting, just as an aside, um, he never saw... He actually doesn't like the whole... um, identities thing with Moon Knight he always saw Moon Knight as uh, you know Stephen Grant Mark Spector and Jake Lockley as a consciously how shall I say role play that Mark Spector did 
it was never meant to mm, yeah it was never meant to be like him having a different personality or a different identity it was just like uh, he said it was very similar to the shadow how the shadow would change personalities or change personas into someone else you know, whether it be a billionaire or a, a taxi driver or a mercenary but he does it consciously and he does it um um with a purpose you know uh, now we see Moon Knight evolved into having this DID and these personalities or identities having a much greater role in Moon Knight. And I tend to disagree, I guess, with Ralph Macchio. I mean, I know he was partly responsible for the inception of Moon Knight, but I, I tend to disagree. I think I think the identities of Moon Knight make him uh, a very interesting character. Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, actually, um, I... I agree. I think, uh, mm. you know, the um, whole Conchu and the secret eye, uh, secret, the uh, split <laughs> identities, is, it brought so much more interest to this character than, you know, any sort of like CIA links they were sort of setting up here as his uh, main interest. Which, you know, possibly got people on board, but, you know, he did end up being a mercenary, but also with so much more and so much more to bring him back to the presence against a bunch of new and exciting villains that played into all these different character uh, attributes. So mm. I think it was, it was it was a pretty pretty cool stroke of genius back in the day. I mean, shocking. We're complimenting Moon Knight in his entirety from his <laughs> inception. But I think even one of my favorite things from back in the uh, Moach days that almost kind of hasn't transferred to now that almost uh, Moon Knight is a as a separate entity entirely. Mm, yes, you know, yes. It, it's kind of it's kind of now that Mark Spector is Moon Knight. Yes. But, you know, back in that first one, it run, it really did seem that, um, you know, Moon Knight was a whole separate thing here. He, he took on like a whole nother personality with him, him that was, uh, that was, you know, more so more violent or heroic or quippy, mm. which, uh, which is probably like almost not a complaint, but just, no. just something I really miss. I, I think it, I think it has been a bit of, um, push and pull with that actually. I, I mean, I think for a long time, uh, Moon Knight, as you said, and especially with uh, the 90s run of Mark Spector, Moon Knight, I, I do really think that Mark Spector and Moon Knight went hand in hand, like they were um, one in the same thing. And as you're saying, um, early in these days, it seems like a separate entity. And I think almost now, currently, we see Moon Knight as... Oh, and now I think it's, it's almost as a given, right? You have Moon Knight encapsulates, and it was shown in Lemire's run, that Moon Knight is a, a separate entity unto himself. Then you have Mark Spector, Jake Lockley, Stephen Grant, and now you even have Conchu uh, as as part of that as well because I think, as we discussed in, in our reviews of Lemire, um, Mark Spector was able to, um, I guess, not absorb, but he was able to... Um, uh, except, I think there was an acceptance with Conchu. Um, so he kind of had Conchu under wraps, so to speak. Um, but yeah, I think uh, what you're saying, I think it, it's kind of really vacillated over the years. And um, yeah, you know, it's, sooner down down the track again, uh, it's going to change again. You know what I mean? I think, I think that's one of the the fun things that, that writers can do with Moon Knight. They can just play around with how these identities interact with each other. 
Um, yeah. But, I, yeah. Oh, yeah, you go on. Uh, I don't really have anything that interesting to say. Really. Oh, no, look, I was about to say, just contrary to what I said before as well, I mean, in this issue, issue 52, we still do, actually, we still do see a bit of the use of the identities with um, with Mark Spector changing into Jake Lockley to give um, the thing a, a cab ride to, which is really funny, like, I think, um, the thing is on a on a rampage trying to find these goons that, killed the guy at the beginning of the issue and uh, he jumps into a cab to their secret warehouse you know why not just pay you know why not take public transport to to wherever you need to go (laughs) but yeah we do see jake lockley here and at the very beginning we see i'm pretty sure it's mark specter right but i always thought it would be stephen grant but um yeah we do see um i think it's mark must be mark uh uh, let me i'm just reading there quickly no well, yeah, we see either Mark Spector or, or a Stephen Grant at the beginning of the issue. So there is a showing of different identities, but um, at this stage, I think they're not fleshed out as a, a part of a, a mental state. Um, they're literally just, um, how shall I say, just identities. <laughs> um, just, uh, what's the word, Connor? Um, they're just um, characters that, that Mark Spector's playing. Yeah, which I mean, it's definitely fun. I, I could almost see why, you know, people liked it at the time. But mm. you know, you know what? What can I say? It's kind of, it's kind of more fun when uh, they seem like two different people, and now more often than not, they're actually con- um, conversing in uh, Mark's head. Yeah, yeah. If we imagine it back here, it's even kind of more fun. Him teeing up the the cab drive. Yeah. Whips. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, any other points here, Connor, that you found funny um, or worth a mention? Um, let me just kind of um, have a have a flick through. I think mm-hmm. the uh, yeah, l- like I was saying, I kind of already uh, sung the praises of the writing. Like it's mm-hmm. there's there's better issues of two and one, more exciting uh, writing. You know, it's a, it's a pretty simple villain setup, uh, simple conclusion, and eighteen pages, but the writing is, is really um, fluid, mm-hmm. but back then, uh, you know, obviously anyone that got working on this to make him such a success has, like, great use of um, personality when it comes to the thing, and Moon Knight's pretty distinctly set up with one quickly. Uh, I think the art's also pretty fun. Um, That's great. The version I've got um, yeah. kind of, uh, you know, kind of grainy and you know, faded after all the years, but mm. there's a lot of almost, like, great Kirby-esque use of um, square shapes of the thing, and Muna has a really distinctive look Yeah, in the, in his uh, body type, in in the use of facial uh, expression, uh, definition, and a really um, full-on suit. There's some great full-page spreads. So, yeah, I mean, admittedly, like, when it comes to looking at the past, there's a... There's, um... There is plenty of great artists back working here, and a two and one, like there's, I guess there really was a reason why it's success. It holds up. Like there's even a couple of panels I'll share from here in the Moon Knight group because it's a, it's a, it's a really fun take on Moon Knight. Oh yeah, absolutely. And um, I think what adds to that fun as well with the art, um, and it's not just with this issue as well. I think it's more like issues around this era. And what I found really, really fun with this um, was was the art. But um, what I miss in a lot of, I guess, 
contemporary issues today is that in your fight scenes, in your action scenes, like the one that we have here, um, they never go into as much detail as they used to do, you know, and, and maybe that's because, you know, people's tastes and change uh, have changed and all that, but I still really love it. And um, so what we see here, I found the action scenes really well thought out and there's actually detail in the action, you, you know, um, if we work backwards, uh, and actually, if I can also say Moon Knight is the MVP in this issue, he's the one that actually, um, I reckon, saves the day. Uh, and as we work our way backwards, he's the one that actually throws a crescent dart and um, sticks Crossfire's arm to the wall when he has that grenade. And uh, in typical uh, 70s, 80s fashion, uh, Crossfire's stuck and the doors close and there's just a loud explosion, which is horrific you know to think you know but um uh we're kind of desensitized with the the level of violence that that involves but uh yeah so anyway moon knight um kind of saves the day by literally kind of killing crossfire but we don't see him so he must escape um also as well moon knight is um not affected by the, the brain waves that cross, crossfire shoot across to both the thing and moon knight and moon knight's cia training because he has trained with crossfire before well, crossfire doesn't know that moon knight used to be a cia member um so he is immune to uh i don't know i guess these brain waves that the wash over the thing and moon knight and it's because of this that moon knight is able to tackle crossfire and to save the thing basically um, so things like that, where where the, the the action and the battle actually gets into detail, if that makes any sense, rather than I find a lot of comics these days with the action, it's um, very incidental to, you know, they might be fighting, but they're obviously still um, conversing or there's still dialogue happening, and there's not much detail in what they're happening. They're either just shooting or punching. Um, I love how thought has been given into the fight scenes here as well even with uh, ben Grimm, the thing he can't get through the steel door so he does a bit of lateral thinking what does he do okay i'm not going to try and bust through the steel door i'll bust through the wall right next to the steel door um so and that's how he gets into crossfire's kind of headquarters uh yeah so that sort of stuff and moon knight he he uses his crescent darts again he dislodges a lot of guns um yeah really really cool stuff i think yeah, um, I think we sort of covered it. Obviously, uh, pretty cool that Crossfire appeared up here and became a Ant-Man villain. I was just looking it up as we were talking. A Hawkeye villain for a while as well. Hawkeye, yeah. So we, had a, we had a surprisingly good run of it all. Well, so, it, yeah. it's, it's funny, Connor, as well. Uh, that's another thing I was about to mention with Crossfire. Over here, in this issue, he appears to have a lot more power or skill set than he does... Like most recently, I'm familiar. <laughs> yeah, I'm familiar with him in the, um, I think the Nick Spencer Ant Man run, where he um, and I assume he's more like an assassin. <clears throat> he's more kind of like Bullseye. I think that's the whole thing with Crossfire. He's like a sniper, but over here he seems to have um, at his disposal these brainwashing tools, and he seems to um, be able to whip up some tech, you know, that does stuff. And, and they even mention here how he plays like a mad Horowitz. And, and I kind of like that reference because Vladimir Horowitz is a, was a, was one of 20th century's greatest pianists, classical pianists, and being a pianist myself, um, is always fun to read. 
But uh, yeah, he he seems to have a, a lot greater skill set here than what he eventually has at the end. At the end, like recently now, he's kind of seen as a um, not quite smart. You know what I mean? Kind of like a B-list um, thug. Like if you compare him to Bullseye, Bullseye's way more deadlier than Crossfire. Oh yeah, yeah, radio, I suppose. Yeah. Um, yeah. But his, I mean, his uniform hasn't changed. Possibly he was too overpowered in this one. Well, he, yeah, possibly. I mean, out. he... Yeah, he seems to have a lot at his disposal and he seems to survive a, a bomb blast at, at a you know, point-blank range. Um, and there's a bit of a history here of Moon Knight um, you know, recounting Cross's day. And uh, yeah, he seems to have escaped another horrific accident as well. So he's... He seems to be quite either lucky or, or quite um, quite savvy with what he's doing, but um, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Anything else, here, Connor, that might pique your interest? I think we I think we've covered it um, mm-hmm. pretty well here. I think we've got a, a yeah. fairly nicely rounded review. Yeah, so, um, exactly. How about um, how about we still stick to some Crescent Dart ratings here, or how many? Cl- I think Crescent Dart. Yep, Crescent Dart ratings are pretty good. He did throw some pretty nice ones in here. Got a good few hits. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, I would give it... Uh, I'd give it a three, I think. Three um, three crescent darts. I think he, I think it's a pretty decent decent issue. Uh, and it's a one-shot, so there's, there's not much at stake. Uh, it's, it was enjoyable. Um, but, you know, not totally memorable unless of course you really love the thing um so how does it stack up against the other marvel two-in-ones connor do you know yeah uh, i think three's a perfectly good rating like we've Uh sung quite a few praises in here there's some you know good character writing good art um doesn't suffer from a lot of the you know some other problems we had back then a lot are moving actually pretty well into um the the writing of the 80s that became far more you know, um, accessible to modern readers uh, mm-hmm. that we'd see. Uh, yeah, you know, this one's pretty basic, uh, pretty basic villain setup. I think even in another almost meta reference, uh, Stephen Grant references other issues where this exact same plot plays out. Uh-huh, right, um, yeah. So it's, you know, it's, it's basic. There are more exciting, more bizarre, possibly funnier issues of two and one out there, but it's a cute little one and done that actually... Yeah. Uh, if we were reviewing it back then, is a pretty good sales pitch on Moon Knight for a, for a series that would debu- uh, debut a year later. So, yeah, yeah, it's not gonna, not gonna kill you. It's fun. But if you miss it, you miss it. <laughs> yeah, true. So there you go, Loonies. A uh, with an average of three prison darts from both Connor Shu and myself. Uh, yeah, really good art, as you said, Connor, and uh, yeah, really well paced. I thought so. Yeah, check it out, Loonies, if you can. Um, this one might be a little harder to get. I know a couple of loonies have managed to um, purchase the single issue themselves, um, being serious uh, Moon Knight collectors. So there are a few hovering around. Otherwise, just check your Marvel Unlimited um, or potentially Comixology. I um, I haven't done my homework again, Connor, so I'm not sure if it's on there or not. I'm assuming it is. If it isn't, uh, Marvel Unlimited is your best bet. Also, I think it's also in the Epic Collection of, of Moon Knight. Oh, uh, yeah, of course. Mm, so that would be in Volume 1, I'm assuming, Bad Moon Rising. 
So check it out at your local comic store. Hi, this is Dave. And I'm Stu, and we're from the Signal of Doom. We're proud members of the collective, and you're listening to Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. Uh, okay, well, that's uh, that's it for our reviews. Um, Spectacle, Connor, I've just added this in here, and I forgot to mention it at the top of the show. I wanted to shout out the the, uh, the Flameheads over at Inner Demons, a Ghost Rider podcast, only because um, just recently I've managed to buy again a Blu-ray player. I know everyone's into their 4K Ultra, Connor, and, you know, blah, 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 resolution. Um, I've got a bit of a Blu-ray collection, so I'm sticking to Blu-ray. Uh, and where I'm going with this is that um, Brian and Chris, in their latest Inner Demons Ghost Rider podcast episode, they do a running commentary of 2007's Ghost Rider starring Nicolas Cage. Uh, so I just had to get a Blu-ray player because our old one broke. Um, and I can't wait to listen to their podcast along with the movie. So uh, if anyone's a fan of that movie, just head over to Inner Demons, a Ghost Rider podcast, and check out their latest episode. Um, it should be a lot of fun. Uh, and I think the Blu-ray is an extended cut as well, so you get um, another 10 minutes of Ghost Rider goodness or another 10 minutes of Nick Nicolas Cage. Um, yeah, I'm not sure goodness um, <laughs> put anyone near that movie, but love what you love, guys. <laughs> um, well, I'm keen to check that out. Um, yeah, whole, by all that's, means. That's good setup to buy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, also, I wanted to say, also next phase, um, we will be returning. Uh, so for our 47th issue next week, we'll be returning with our Isla Ra books, uh, spotlights of some loonies. So... I had the good fortune of having a chat with one of our loonies, David Finn, from the Signal of Doom podcast. And uh, we have a good chat um, about his four Desert Island books, uh, as well as, you know, just to talk about, you know, how we got into comics. Um, he's a writer as well, and, and how we got into podcasting. So uh, it's a lot of fun, uh, a lot of fun, and it's good if you want to know a bit more about your fellow loonies, so check that out. Connor, you have something lined up as well. So we're going to do a series of these, and we're going to pop them in sporadically. Uh, Connor, you've got something, <coughs> sorry, lined up. With one of the other loonies, yeah, yeah? A, yeah, we've got um one of a one of a big time member in the loony bin and mm-hmm. uh, on the page, uh, Danielle. Yeah, excited to get her on. Uh, Desert Island Books. We'll be recording that in the future, and yep. I've got an interview coming up that will interest some of you. Oh, quite reveal those details just yet. Oh, very cool, big. very cool, lovely. Well, there you go, loonies. There's so much more to check out on Into the Night. Uh, yeah, just be sure be sure to just to pop in. We'll be still doing um, just the classic reviews. Uh, I know we said that we would do the Warren Ellis uh, modern run. Um, we'll just see how this kind of goes first. <laughs> um, if it kind of falls on his ass, then we might uh, we might reverse back to your classic and modern runs or something like that. But uh, yeah, yeah, hope you enjoyed this episode. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun, Connor, going through this episode with you. Uh, this issue with you. It's um... yeah, and uh, make sure to uh, keep in touch with us on Facebook or emails. We'll list out in a second uh, what you thought of this. Uh, the way this episode worked. Yep. 
uh, yeah, I, see, I saw you posted something up, Connor. That was really cool. And uh, hang on, let me um, let me see. Just in case, you may have gotten a couple of bites uh, with your. Yeah. <laughs> I got I got a fork in there to test it was a test it was a <laughs> if it was hot. Yeah, but I had some uh, pretty exciting times with the pie today <laughs> uh, involving. Uh, it, it's good moonlight food, especially yeah. if you're going back in the day. It's pretty uh, pretty uh. Well, I'd say beefy as a descriptor, but it was a chicken pie. So, I mean, that doesn't work. <laughs> it's, it's but pretty, yeah, I'm, it's a pretty. It, it was it was it was a good pie, even burnt. It, yeah. it, it stood the <laughs> stood the test of time. It's very kind of, kind of like this issue of a yeah this issue of two and one. Very arty, I must say. Your photo is really cool. <laughs> you have this huge baking tray, and you got this lone pie in the middle in the corner there. <laughs> And uh, there's a beautiful, lovely, colourful comic uh, digital copy right next to it. It's gold, kind of. So, loonies, check it out. Drop us a line there. Come on, let's get the conversation going. Con is um, he's, he's showing his pie to everyone. So, you know, you've got to do it. Um, uh, I, yeah, I can't cook. But when I, what I can give you is a list of places to find us and, uh, <laughs> Excellent. and talk to us about our pies. With, uh, <laughs> Beautiful. Specifically, uh, our Facebook group is facebook.com slash group slash ITK Moonlight. Ray and I met in another Facebook group. Mm-hmm. we got plenty of people on our Isle of Ra coming from there. It's a great community. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's really active. You know, maybe uh, if you're a Moonlight fan who doesn't know that many other Moonlight fans, you'd think, whoa, that's pretty, you know, that's something you never expect like I was when Ray first started this group. <laughs> no, but, yeah. you know... Yeah, it's good. Loonies it's great. Tonight. They yeah. are. The loonies are loonies are passionate and they're dedicated. That's what I love about it. And they have come out of the woodwork and they're accepting of a lot of things. You know, I mean, of course, they have their ideas about how they want to see their moon night. But um, I think I think it really helps with moon night because he's been chopped and chained so many times throughout his volumes that moon night fans are just generally easygoing. They're happy to go with the flow. You know what I mean? And I think that's really really special for the loonies. So cheers, loonies. Yeah, uh, we have a Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash ITK Moon Knight. Our website, for all things Moon Knight, uh, one of the best places to find the episodes, mm. updates, um, and anything else is on our Facebook page or our website, uh, intothenightpodcast.wordpress.com. Uh, uh, we have a Twitter account at ITK Moon Knight. Ray runs that. Keeps us super active and wonderful. <laughs> we got an Instagram, a Tumblr, a YouTube uh, podcast catches will hopefully be on all the ones you listen to. Just search for Into the Night, a Moonlight podcast, yeah. and hopefully it'll be easier for you to find our docile tones <laughs> in your inbox every week. <laughs> That's great. We do love to whisper in your ears. So uh, that doesn't sound creepy at all. Um, yeah, so thank ASMR's you. ASMR is big now. It's, it's fine. What's that? I, mean, I think it's, it's it, ASMR is pretty, is pretty big now. I think, uh, okay. I think we're. Uh, standardizing the the weird whispering ah lovely lovely (laughs) you totally lost me but i i have no idea anyway (laughs) thanks thanks so much connor uh always a pleasure um you gotta catch up on your books and catch up on your your tv shows but really the books catch up on them first they're they're a lot more important uh yeah and um any last words connor well, only one thing. Uh, it's clobbering time. <laughs> nah, hey, can't you watch over the denizens of the night? Catch you next week. Love you all. Catch you Excellent. later, guys. <laughs> See ya.
Moon Knight and affiliated characters, stories and events are properties of Marvel Characters Incorporated. Materials used and discussed within the podcast are intended for critique and review purposes only under the fair dealing concept of the current Copyright Act. The views, information or opinions expressed during the podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the copyright owners.